You're listening to episode 27 of the Divine Nobodies podcast. Nobody's Podcast with Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe so you never miss a show. If you're on Instagram, please follow us at Divine Nobody's Podcast and join our ever-growing community of lightworkers and spiritual visionaries. Together, we can raise the frequency of our planet and bring in a new era of awakening and understanding. Welcome to our tribe. And now your hosts, Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn. I wonder what it would be like to hang out with her just on a Saturday night. You know what I mean? You know, she's a fun time. Yeah. She'd just be introducing you in the same way to all your friends. <laughs> she's always just very optimistic. We need to create a name for her, Jen. Yeah, we she, do. She does such a good job. Yeah, she's awesome. I she like needs her. at least two or three high fives. At least one. Yeah, especially on today. Welcome, everybody. This is Eric, Divine Nobody's podcast. Welcome, Jen. Thank and you. we have a very special guest in our studio today. Came all the way down from San Francisco. She is a business success mindset coach. She's also a speaker, corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Those are always the best stories. Yeah, she's you know got a mean? good story. Yeah, and and I guess we can also be considered one of those corporate dropouts too. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're yeah. finding the balance between the two. So she leads, uh, she leads beginner and struggling coaches to build a successful and aligned business through strategy, mindset, and embodiment. She does a lot of really amazing things, but she has this embodied coach masterclass, which is a uh, 12 weeks of step-by-step instructions on how to build and launch a successful aligned coaching business through strategy, mindset, and embody. I like it. Yeah, everybody, welcome. Sarah D'Angelo. Thank you. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, no, yeah. Thank you for coming all the way from San Francisco. How was the journey? It was enjoyable. Yeah. Weather was nice. wasn't raining, so that's always a plus. Um, and it's kind of a straight shot here, so right. it, it wasn't yeah. bad at all. Yeah. yeah. You got a really good soundtrack, I imagine. Oh, totally. It's like, one of, those, it's like one of those soundtracks you want to like listen to when you're like driving down at like a desolate desert highway with like a cowboy hat on. And I hope that you had at least one of your legs hanging out the window. I totally know what you mean. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the songs that you normally hear as the like ending credits of like any good sort of bittersweet love story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. always... Uh, it's always a nice drive. You got to have the good soundtrack, maybe a couple podcasts and yeah. And then all of a sudden you're at your destination. <laughs> exactly. I've gone through that. I've missed several exits while trying to get to a destination, listening to really amazing songs and not realizing what I'm doing. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. happened to me too. Yeah. Several times. Yeah. The only thing I got to really, really try and get the GPS lady not to do is talk during the best parts of the songs. Oh, right. Yeah, you're like, oh, I was getting that. I hit that note. Right? (laughs) Happens every time. Again, thank you so much for coming. We have a lot of ground to cover. We've always been interested in this subject because me and Jen, for the most part, I mean, we we are, you know, kind of entrepreneurs and the fact that we have sort of side businesses, Mm -hmm. uh, I've always been a sound healer. And uh, of course, this podcast kind of falls into the realm of what I imagine you're trying to build with other people. Totally. And uh, it's, it's, it's a question that always comes up. How do you bridge spirituality with monetary income. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to actually first start off by um, reading a quote that actually came from your Instagram yes. amongst all the other really amazing things she's got. Yeah. 
And uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to read this here. It says, remember, money is never the goal. Money is the tool. The real goal is the feeling. Cultivate the feeling and more money will be sure to follow. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean yeah. when you say that? Oh, I'm so glad you read that. Um, the meaning of that truly is that, yes, money will help us with achieving the lifestyle that we want, right? It is the tool to help us reach the goal. Mm-hmm. However, the goal is never, oh, money. I need money. I need money, right? The goal is what that money is going to bring to you, right? Mm-hmm. The freedom, the abundance, the prosperity, mm-hmm. the like happiness, right? Like the things that you can buy with money, you know, things that you can do with money, experiences, um, a beautiful home, an incredible car, right? Like those things are again, all things that are going to bring a certain type of feeling into your life, right? They're never, the materialistic things are never the actual goal. It's the feeling that you acquire when receiving it. Mm -hmm. And what's even cooler about that, which I don't think a lot of people understand is that you can cultivate that feeling now. Mm-hmm. You know, you can literally close your eyes and feel how cool it would feel to have that Ferrari or that dream home or a hundred thousand dollars in the bank or a million dollars. Like you can cultivate how cool and incredible and exciting and it, like just abundant, right? You would feel, you can feel mm-hmm. that now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool to just be in that energy of prosperity, mm-hmm. even if it's not tangible yet, right? Yeah. Even if you can't actually physically touch it, being able to be on that energetic frequency, the mm-hmm. same in alignment with the thing you are looking to attract mm-hmm. and it'll flow into your life. Yeah. It'll, it'll just start to become a mag, you'll become a magnet for it. Yeah. yeah so it's, I like that, that approach because you're not just looking at the monetary side. You're looking at there's a, a quality, a certain level of beingness that we have to tap into that I imagine that is intrinsic to the human spirit. Mm-hmm. Maybe involves some level of self-love oh, so and much. taking a different door that a lot of people don't know exists, right? Oh yeah. And so there, I, I can tell just by the energy of your voice and how excited you are, which is a really amazing thing to mm-hmm. be excited about doing this type of work. So how did you get into this work? Mm, it's been a journey. Um, so prior, um, as you mentioned, I am a corporate dropout. And what I did was I was a relationship manager for, for small business owners. And they were in the 1 million to 5 million in revenue range. And I managed a portfolio of about 300 small business owners. Mm-hmm. I was making great money and was extremely unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it just kind of was interesting that you know, I was a leader in the corporate world. I was making the most money I was ever making. And I just felt this hole within me. I just knew that there was something missing and there Mm -hmm. wasn't anything that, you know, money could fill that hole. Like it wasn't a monetary thing. Right. Um, and so I had this calling, I guess this little, you know, intuition, your Mm -hmm. whisper, right. Uh, to leave. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what I was going to do. I just knew that I wanted to travel. I knew I wanted to see the world. I was 24 years old and I hadn't even been out of the country. Like I just knew there was something calling me, something greater than what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think that feeling was? I think it was, I needed freedom. Mm-hmm. I needed freedom. And I just, uh, you know, I, I know it was some some form of guidance. Like I knew I was being guided to do something. I just didn't know what that thing was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I just knew I couldn't find it in my circumstances at the corporate 
job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you get really caught up in that rat race and, yeah. and yeah. wanting to just um, do life the right way in right. a sense. So why do you think people don't leave their corporate jobs? Do you oh. think it's fear? Is that a fear-based thing or a confidence thing, not believing I think, in themselves? Yeah, I think it's definitely um, both. So uh, you have your, so I like to call these myths and mm-hmm. essentially they're your own limiting beliefs that are also amplified by projections of other people's beliefs. So it's like mm-hmm. a societal belief. Mm-hmm. And I like to call that a myth because everyone thinks it to be true. Right. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I think that a lot of it is like your own fear, right? Like, oh, can I go do this? Can I leave my nine to five? Can I start my business? And not believing fully in yourself. But then you have the projections of all these other people who are, oh, that's not the way you're supposed to do life. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, you, you know, you're going to fail, right? right? Most entrepreneurs fail. Like all these um, very, very limiting beliefs and projections that are all based in fear, right? Like mm. that mind virus that we've all been conditioned to. Right. It's ch- Yeah. To me, it's like changing that. What if it doesn't work and changing that mindset to what if it does work? Mm-hmm. How do we make this work? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's I a, remember. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I had one of the, these, um, the first like assignments when I was still at my nine to five, I was like, oh, I'm going to make, you know, this course and this program. And one of the assignments I'm going to give them is, is instead of asking what if, ask why not. Right. Mm. And yeah, that totally resonated, sparked that. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like that growth mindset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's a really, that's a very, very real narrative for especially millennial uh, people, mm-hmm. right? Because we're clashing with a lot of like the baby boomers, the ones that like grew up more with those sort of like nuclear family um, values. Yeah. And I know that's something that um, a lot of people, especially in my circle have gone through, which is like, you know, your parents want you to be what they imagine to be a successful position in society, like a doctor or like mm-hmm. a salesman or something like mm-hmm. that. So right away, when you look at uh, an entrepreneurial type of position, especially in spirituality, they don't understand what that means, Yes, you know? And uh, we actually talked about this, I think in our last episode too, Jen, about like mm-hmm. those self those limiting beliefs that we tell ourselves. Like yeah. a lot of people say that you, uh, a lot of the narrative that we have as far as us not being able to do something comes from somebody else who at one, one point told us the same thing and it becomes this reverberation of negativity. Totally, yeah. You know? And so how did you kind of combat that? Did you go through that with your family as well? Oh, totally. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I probably put off telling my dad uh, <laughs> the longest because he was the person that I looked for like validation of my success. Like mm-hmm. if my dad was proud of me, then I made it, right? Yeah. And so that was terrifying to me to mm-hmm. tell him that, you know, the daughter he's so proud of who worked her way up in corporate, she's a leader in her industry, is leaving to do you know, God knows what (laughs) he wasn't really sure. Uh, and neither was I. So when I finally worked up the courage to tell him, you know, he told me I was making the biggest mistake of my life. And, um, I think a little bit of it was like, I needed to prove him wrong. Right. (laughs) Um, and, and, you know, like now he's, he's starting to slowly catch on. Right. But mm-hmm. kind of like what you said, like they, they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we, we've, only, we've kind of, um, been awakened to the idea that you can rewire your brain. You can, um, really create a whole new paradigm reality for yourself. Right. And, you know, that older generation, like they didn't know that. They didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah. Exactly. So 
it's like you can't really blame them, but you just have to decide that like this generational um, trauma in a sense, like it ends right. with you. Right. And and that's kind of what kept me going. I was like, why, why would I let this stop me? Like kind of going back to that question, like, what do I have to lose here? Mm-hmm. I'm not happy, right? This is kind of my worst case scenario that I'm in right now. Right. So why wouldn't I just at least try? try? Yeah. And if it doesn't work, I mean, there's always another job out there. Exactly. There's always another company that'll pick you up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It makes me, when I think of stories like this, I always think of like the, the sort of archetypal Buddha because he came from royalty and mm-hmm. he could have had anything that he possibly wanted, yeah. but he wanted something more. Yeah. So there was like this feeling inside of him to seek that out. Oh, I and love that. And it's always like the most courageous journey to go on. Oh, you know. I feel like very honored right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's I cool mean, to be compared to Buddha, huh? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not an easy, it's not an easy thing, yeah. you know, but Osho says courage is a love affair with the unknown. We mm-hmm. don't entirely know, uh, especially when we're going down those like such unknown paths where it's going to lead us, but you know that there's something more fulfilling going down that, that route, following your passions, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, where do you start with something like that? Because I know I'm seeing an influx of people, especially on Instagram, uh, IG, YouTube, that are trying to monetize uh, their passions, mm-hmm. right? They're trying to get out of that nine to five. They're trying to become content creators, digital nomads. And so where do you start with somebody that's trying to make that happen? Yeah, well, I think the, so there's two parts of that. The real first foundational piece to anyone's success is really the mindset and energetics of it. You know, Mm -hmm. like it is overcoming those unconscious or subconscious beliefs that are stopping you, right, from pursuing that. Plus getting in alignment and embodying the energy that you're looking to attract, right? Like if you, for example, someone who um, is a coach, I'll use that because that's what I specialize in, someone who's looking to leave their job to become like a health coach or life coach or mindset coach, um, but they're really just fearful of, selling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that it comes with believing in yourself, right? Believing yourself, overcoming your own mind, right? That mm-hmm. always comes first. Embodying this energy of like the clients and uh, audience that you're looking to attract. Um, but also there's a bit of strategy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of figuring out like how you're going to sell your offer in a way that doesn't feel salesy or doesn't feel inauthentic and it feels right. And it feels something, it feels like your, your moral obligation to do so because yeah. it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I right. Lo- yeah. I, I love that too. And actually I was kind of creeping on your Instagram <laughs> to learn a little bit more about what you do. And, um, you said something in one of your live videos, you said you need to have a good relationship with sales. Yeah. And I thought that that was really, really powerful because I'm also in sale. Well, not anymore, but I was in sales for a really long time in pharmaceutical sales. Mm-hmm. And um, I have done over the years, so many, read so many sales tactics books and gone to so many seminars on you know different ways to sell and different selling strategies. And at the end of the day, people buy shit from people they like mm-hmm. and that's it. That's, that's the magic potion. Like you don't need to read all these books and try all these tactics. You you need to be willing and ready to work and yeah. be likable. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That, you're so right. Like I, I tell my clients, you can try the thousands of different strategies that are out there. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter if you're not fully confident in who you are and what you have to offer. Right. And that energy is felt, mm-hmm. you know, that that's the embodiment piece to what I teach. It's like, you need to have like this 
full on knowingness, this unshakable belief in yourself and what you have to offer this mm -hmm. world, because that, that is what's felt, right? And there's no strategy that can solve that issue for you, right? right? I like to think of strategy as like a cushion, right? Yeah. Like right. if you're not feeling all that great one day, at least you have a solid strategy to back you up. But mm -hmm. right. to see the big massive results in your business and in life, like it truly comes with the embodiment of confidence and mm -hmm. self-worth and like limitless, you yeah. know? Yeah, I, I I'm I ascribe to a lot of Gary V's teachings, mm -hmm. right? I, I love that he seems to put people first, right? And there's a human element to his interaction with his audience. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, and he talks a lot about this too, which is like, you know, we're getting out of like the zone of extravagance, like spending our money on stupid shit. Yeah. And we're falling more into the realm of like, we want to associate with things that make us feel good, good people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's the, the best strategy, especially for the work that you do, where you're empowering people to, you know, like tap into a different space that isn't coming off as salesy, but it's just more of like you're, you're, you're empowering them. Yeah. You know, it's like sell, selling what you have is something that you get to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people who are transitioning from, you know, maybe a sales job at a corporate job, like for a corporation for themselves is that, well, one, they've probably been selling something they're not aligned with. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they're going into something selling that they are aligned with, but they're afraid of hearing the word no, or they're afraid yeah. of rejection or they had a bad experience in sales. Um, yeah. So it, it's very interesting to like, and it is like, it, it is empowering them. Like mm -hmm. you said, to know that somebody is out there that needs what they have. Yeah. Right. And they'd be doing that person a disservice by not selling their offer. Right. I um, like that. Yeah. yeah. And the, the sales going back like a little bit to the yeah. sales tactics, but being told no and learning how to overcome no and being mm -hmm. prepared what to say in any situation is really uh, next to being very likable is really the, the key to making a sale and closing a sale is overcoming objection. You are gonna hear no. You're gonna hear no a million times. Mm -hmm. That's a numbers game, but you're also gonna hear yes. Yeah. And that's what you're going for. You're going every single time to get that yes. You're not always gonna get it, but statistics yeah. say that you will get it. So you just have to stay in there. Yeah. Totally. It's yeah. like my sort of metaphysical axiom behind that is like you overcome that fear of no in the same way that you overcome a fear of death. Yeah. yeah. It's like your salvation and your sovereignty is on the other side of that feeling, mm -hmm. which is like feeling into exactly what that means. And I think if I'm, if I'm utilizing your frame of mind, which is you're using it as an opportunity to grow, yes. not as an opportunity to go in the other direction out of fear. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I, I love how you said that it's on the other side, like your sovereignty is just on the other side of your own fear yeah. and mm -hmm. your own, um, yeah, relationship with rejection and all, yeah, all of that. And I think what's in, in addition to that too, is like selling, like you said, you're gonna, it's inevitable to hear the word no, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're not hearing the word no, you're also not hearing the word yes, yeah. right? Like, like even in all in in all of life, right? We live in a world of contrast. There's up, there's down, there's left, there's right. Like there's no, there's yes. Mm -hmm. And so for any beginner entrepreneurs, like fall in love with failing and mm -hmm. also know that all the no's that you're hearing, like they're not going to waste, right? Yeah. right. Like I just signed a client who sh she reached out to me over a year ago right? And she said no to me. And then she, we reconnected this week and she's, she's ready. Yeah. So 
it's like all your nose that you're hearing, they're just seeds planting. And as long as you're nourishing that garden of nose that you've, you're hearing, right? Like they're mm-hmm. gonna turn around, right? At some point, or they're at least you're creating this top of mind awareness so that they can end up referring someone to you, right? Oh, totally. So yeah. And it gets frustrating, right? When you're out there and you're spending your time and your energy and it can you can be put in really stressful situations and hearing no repeatedly can really beat you down and then make you want to give up. I've been in that place more times than I can tell you. And what helped me is when I was out in the field, I would just go in my car and park somewhere and meditate for 30 minutes. Meditate for 30 minutes. And then you're like, all right, I can do this shit. I'm gonna go make three more calls. And then the last three calls of my day, sell, sell, sell. Yeah, Like all, all three golden, perfect calls. And had I gone home instead of, you know, pushing through and making three more calls, then mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had a productive day. Yeah. And so. I love, I love too, that you, you meditated on it because oh, yeah. that's like every single my client, if they're not, if they're not already meditating, you're going to, yeah. right. And even like visualizing, I, I'm so like visualizing is one of my favorite forms of mm-hmm. meditation because it really allows you to tap into like your superpower of your imagination yeah. and, mm-hmm. and kind of going back into like cultivating that feeling now, right? Like mm-hmm. how cool and incredible would it feel if you signed a client today yeah. right? and feeling that now mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. There's there's such uh, optimism and positivity in that. And what it what it comes down to, at least from what I feel, is that you have to love it so much because you're passionate about it. It's like you're not necessarily ap- approaching it from how much money can I make doing this. Like there's something deeper inside of you that like does it just out of the love of doing it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And one thing that I did want to ask you, which comes up for me a lot in this type of work is, how do you bridge spirituality with with monetization? Mm-hmm. Because as a sound healer for me, it's always about, you kind of tr- have to try and find a balance, which is you wanna help people, you wanna give them a service. Mm-hmm. Most of it is healing, healing work. Yeah. So you don't want to charge too much money because you don't wanna make it, not accessible to people that really want it. So how do you gauge that conversation? Like, how do you find a a good balance with that where you're trying to make it seem okay to charge for your services, especially if it's a spiritual one? Yeah, oh, that's such a good question. And I get it so much because I had that very similar thing when I'm like, okay, I'm charging beginner entrepreneurs, right? Like this means they probably don't have a lot of money, right, to in, invest in a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's like a couple different things that go hand in hand with that, right? It's like one coming from a place of empathy, right? Like making sure, especially during these times of like, you know, we're in a global pandemic, people are losing their jobs. And so coming from this place of empathy, also understanding your market, mm-hmm. right? And, and your competition, right? Figuring out what your competition is also charging. But I think most importantly, it's just like understanding your value and knowing it so much. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think like the spirituality comes into play, right? Because it takes time for you to connect with source, connect with God, connect with the universe and kind of have this play, right? This play, this play, this game between like, okay, how can I be of service while also giving value and make, making money out of it, right? Yeah. And I also love to say that charging, particularly because I teach people how to ch- charge like high ticket items. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean by high ticket item? So I would say 
for my clients, it's like a, um, a program or a course or something like that. That's anything of like a thousand dollars and up. Mm -hmm. Right. And that can be so variable. Like high ticket can be 10,000, 25,000, like, but I I would say like starting at that 10,000 or I'm sorry, 1000 range. Um, and there's so much fear with charging a lot because, oh my gosh, what are they going to think of me? Am I worth that? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but the reality is, is charging high ticket is truly doing that person a service, Right. right? Because if you, you know, it's like, you think of Walmart versus um, Nordstrom's, right? Like the quality that you're getting at Walmart compared to the quality that you're getting at Nordstrom's is, you know, it's big, it's a big mm-hmm. difference right. versus, you know, you like think about sound healing, right? Like if yeah. you go to somewhere where maybe there's um, a lot of competition and it's not very like it, the vibes aren't there or there's something missing versus like the experience that you provide to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, they're going to a sound healing class, but you're healing them, Mm -hmm. right. You're healing them from whatever they're experiencing and what, what is the price of that? Right. It's priceless. Right. Mm -hmm. It really is. Like when you go to the doctor, you go to a doctor to heal your body. You go to a psychiatrist to heal your mind. You go to a sound healer to heal your spirit. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and we pay for those other services. So why not pay for a sound healer? Yeah. The one thing that comes up for me is I I, I know exactly what you mean. It's, It's almost like Money is an exchange of energy, mm-hmm. right? I, at a certain point in my practice, I stopped identifying money as something that I can use to buy things. And I started looking at it more as uh, it is a sort of physical manifestation of the energy that I've put into life yeah. because I, I work to make money. And so when it came to charging, uh, I noticed that, you know, and, and I never charged extravagant prices for what I do, but mm-hmm. I did notice that when it was something that was reasonable, that was kind of found a balance in between, it just found a balance with it that people took it more seriously. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like because exactly. they're they're investing their energy into purchasing the service from yeah. you. And they appreciate it so much more than if I were to just do a free sound bath, you know, in Venice Beach on like a Sunday. Spot on. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. people come, but they don't typically come back. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah, and that's and they're not really serious. Like they're yeah. coming just to kind of check it out. Ads ah, free if I don't like it, uh, whatever. Right. But if you get someone that's coming because they're paying, they're they're that's an investment in right. their time, yeah. right? And yeah. and that's a part of like attracting your soulmate client. Like mm-hmm. who what is the type of person that you actually want to be working with, right? right? Is it someone that you know, is in it for the free stuff and kind of like Jen said, like they're not going to take it seriously. Yeah. Um, but if you are, if you want to attract that soulmate client, like what are their values? What are their ethics? What is their energy? What is their um, morals? Like all, all the things that are important for you, right? Should be important for the tri- clients that you're looking to attract and right. if investing you know, more money investing the kind of like that energy exchange that you're talking about is important to you than like be in that energy and like Mm. you'll, you'll attract those people. Right. I I actually, I remember reading that on your IG, which is a soulmate client. Yeah. Can you explain Mm -hmm. what that is? Yes. Oh, I'm, and so I've I've just got really excited because I just love all my clients right now. I just get to talk (laughs) about them. (laughs) So, um, to me, a soulmate client is someone that you align with energetically. But in addition to that, they also have the same, you know, morals, values, ethics, and energy, right? Mm -hmm. They're all in alignment. So for example, for me, 
like being on time, like that's important to me. And mm -hmm. if my clients are, you know, showing up late or they're not taking it seriously, like I, I know that's going to affect me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, even though I don't want it to, right. it's in my programming. Right. right. Um, so that's something that I kind of set the expectation of like, you know, something that's really important to me is showing up on time and being here and doing this, you know, mm -hmm. and kind of setting that expectation. Um, but even before setting those expectations, trying to identify that myself, mm -hmm. right. Um, and asking them really in-depth, juicy questions of like trying mm -hmm. to get to know who they really are, what they're all about, and if it's a good good fit, right, yeah. on right. both ends. Juicy yeah. questions, I like that. Yeah, juicy questions. <laughs> I love those juicy questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when I think of like soulmate clients, I think of sort of like that that you know when people talk about twin flames. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you have twin flame clients? Oh, you know, that's actually, yeah. I probably Maybe. have now that I think about it. Um, you the, know, the ones are a little bit more difficult than the other yeah, ones. Yeah, I think that I have. They kind of like the, um, epiphany moments, like downloads of like, okay, this is maybe not who I want to work with, or this is a great experience, but now I've learned my lesson in, in mm -hmm. a sense. So I've experienced twin flame clients for sure. Now that you say that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Have so, you ever stayed friends with any of your clients? Yeah. Like, yeah. Actually, um, one of my very first clients, um, she's actually my photographer who I also had known for a while from a cafe that I would always go to, but um, yeah, and I think I'm still like, I wouldn't say friends, but I still have a, a very beautiful relationship with my past clients as well. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's good. That's good to have a relationship with them. Yeah, you I know? think so too. And, 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 and I think that like, our era that we're in right now when it comes to um, monetizing through social media, at least it's something that I heard from Gary Vee, which is like, it, it it's worthwhile now, especially if you're a content creator, to offer a little bit of yourself at a personal level. People want something that they can relate to mm -hmm. and not necessarily just like a product. Yeah. Right. You know, a personal brand, right? Yeah. That personal yeah. brand. And I think that's a lot of fear that people come into because they don't, they have this fear of like exposing themselves a little bit too mm -hmm. much. But as far as somebody on the other side of that, there's an element of it that I relate to. Vulnerability. And I find myself, exactly. Mm -hmm. I find myself like gravitating more towards people that are just real. Oh yeah. 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 You know? So, so much. I, I think that anything that I post on social media, the most intimate, private, vulnerable ones are always the ones that draw the most attention mm -hmm. and the ones that I get the most engagement and thank you um, DMs. And yeah, yeah, yeah so awesome. there's so much power in vulnerability. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what would you say, because we're obviously in a pandemic right now, yes. right? So I imagine that the way that you, a lot, the way that a lot of people go around um, building a business has to be altered at least a little bit. Mm -hmm. So what can you say to like young entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs that want to build that business in the midst of kind of what's going on right now? Yeah. Um, so I can only speak for service-based businesses. I'll say that because, mm -hmm. um, wholesale and product based, like that's a whole, whole nother story. Mm. Um, but I would, what I would say with building an online or service based business is that you need to be one, well, ask yourself the question on how fast do you want to build this business? Right. Because you can spend guilty of this hours and hours of Googling and YouTubing how to do things or you can invest in someone to show you the how and collapse time for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be my first, you know, I guess tip would be to ask them, ask that beginner entrepreneur, like how long do you want this to take? 
(laughs) because hiring someone to show you how can almost cut the amount of time that it takes in half. For sure, yeah. Um, But I also think that this is now more than ever an awakening that that stable and secure job, Uh it's not so stable and secure. Mm -hmm. So now more than ever is a beautiful opportunity to start something that you're in love with Mm -hmm. and start something that is actually going to wildly change this world for the better Yeah, because we need it. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. I like that. And also getting a coach aside from collapsing time, it also helps you make less mistakes because you have a coach that's there to tell you like, no, I probably wouldn't do that. That's going to be a waste of time. That's going to take you down a rabbit hole, you know, X, Y, or Z. That's not going to give you a lot of return. And um, I think people get lost in the sauce whenever they're trying to start a business and kind of go, when they go down the wrong path and it doesn't work out, it kind of bruises the ego and then you're like, makes you feel like a failure and then you're less likely to want to continue. Oh my God, yeah, that, that was me. That was my story. You know, mm-hmm. even someone who literally was so much background in business, right? Yeah. Like that was like what mm-hmm. I did for a living, transformed out of that to start my own and had no idea what I was doing. Right. And, you know, it, it really discouraged me. And I had all these thoughts, like uh, egoic thoughts of like, wow, I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. I'm mm-hmm. ashamed. I'm not worthy. Like all those things. Right. And when you can some can find someone who has made the mistakes for you, yeah. right? Has done the trial and error to kind of be like, this is what you got to do. Here's the blueprint, right? Yeah. You know, not to say you're not going to make mistakes. Like right. you got to fall in love with failing because that right. is entrepreneurship. Um, but it's like you, you take so much time out of you, out of the equation and so many mistakes that you don't have to make because the person you're learning from has probably made them once or twice. Right. <laughs> And you know, I think one of the benefits of the pandemic and being quarantined is what the hell else do you have to do? Like you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. Now Mm -hmm. you're at home, your social calendar is clear Mm -hmm. and you have all the time to focus on you and your business. So true. And at the same time, you have people on the other end that have a lot more time um, at home to take these sort of online courses and build a sort of like you know, secondary form of income with, you know, social media or online platforms and things like that. Right. Yeah. And and I truly believe that like, if you're not doing that in one shape or form, like you're living in the past, right? Right. Like Mm -hmm. this is still only the beginning for what this online platform, this digital era is bringing to us. Mm -hmm. So I truly believe that in some way, shape or form, whether it's YouTube podcasting, um, you know, Instagram coaching, whatever, like, having some form of income that can be your passion. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. So you really need to do it all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Do it all. What are all s- the platforms do all of the things, all the things. And like Gary V says too, you just need to be patient. We live. It's a hard thing to understand because we live in uh, a world where everything is just so accelerated. Technology mm-hmm. gives us this sense of speed yeah. and um, efficiency. And it, 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 it's so easy to think of success in that way. Like, okay, well, if I put in this amount of work, it has to happen right now. Right. And instant gratification. Instant gratification. And one of the things that he's a huge advocate of, and I think so are we, is just patience. Mm-hmm. You know, he was doing it for what, 20, 30 years at his father's wine business yeah. before he finally cut through there. Yeah. And the reality is you could be doing that for that long, but he's not doing it in order to arrive at a destination. He's doing it because he fucking loves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's yeah. where that alignment piece comes in so yeah. strongly. It's like, you have to 
and, and this is what I tell them too. It's like, you have to be wildly passionate about what it is that you do. Yeah. And, you know, think of it as a vocation, right? Not just like a side hustle. Like this is something that you can and you will if you don't, you know, stop yourself and get in your own way. You can mm-hmm. do forever. And, um, you know, there, there really is no lack of opportunity. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of people too are like, oh, the market's too saturated. And it's like, no, like, you're just no. getting started. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with society too. We are such a society of consuming. It's like, oh, consume, consume, consume. And it's shifting that mindset from consuming to creating. Mm, and yes. once you start creating, that's whenever you start to feel, feel fulfilled. Yeah. You know, that consuming all of the information and the videos and buying the shit on Amazon and, you know, wearing having the new handbag and, you know, wearing the cute popular outfit, what the fuck ever, yeah. you know, whatever it is, yeah. all that does not make you feel good inside. It's whenever you start creating something from your heart that mm-hmm. that's whenever you feel good. Yeah. And that's whenever you're in alignment. Yeah. yeah. Giving, giving is like one of the most fulfilling feelings. Right. right? And, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that once you come from a place of like serving and, mm-hmm. and giving and creating, as you said, yeah. less than you're consuming and taking. And um, there is a sense of gratification in that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be monetary even, right? right? Just yeah, giving or receiving rather um, gratitude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was like building momentum too. One thing that I realized is that it's even about the small wins. The the more you, and I read this about this somewhere, which is, you know, when you wake up in the morning, like put, you know, the easiest tasks in front of you that you can just complete right away. And then you just build momentum. Yeah. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing, whether or not it's small momentum or large momentum, like the second you make that win, mm-hmm. whether or not it's a, a sound bath with 50 plus people yeah. or like somebody, you know, paying for, you know, like uh, a session, a Reiki session or something, the second you feel that, that, that it doesn't even have to be the monetary side. It can just be the fact that somebody believes in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I noticed that it like, it com- it can pushes me and compels me. Same thing with the podcast, right? It's yeah. like we put mm-hmm. out an episode and it resonates with a certain, and we receive a certain type of response. And there's nothing like that feeling of that reciprocal energy you give out. And then somebody responding like, I loved that. I appreciated that. Yeah. Right. You know. And what's beautiful too is when you have both. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because you can. And I think that a lot of people stop themselves and and they have this big limiting belief that they have to like um not put out too much value, not put out right. too much content or yeah. else they're not going to buy from them. And like that's just not the truth. Like that's the true. more value you give, this is totally Gary Vee right here. Yeah. The more value you give, like the more you will receive. Right. And what you know, when you are beginning, like going back to what you were saying, like patience, there is this level of patience that you have to have because those overnight successes, like they're not real. That's not real. Yeah, <laughs> it's so not real. And there, I mean, thinking about the journey that I personally had to take to get to where I am, and I'm sure when I p- talk about it on social media, it probably sounds like an overnight success, but it's like, no, the heartache, the pain, the, okay. I mean, the break, literally like breakups and relationships that led to breakthroughs, like all the things that led me mm-hmm. to where I am. And, you know, it, everyone has to learn to just kind of like fall in love with the process. Yeah. 
because Absolutely. it's everything. Yeah. yeah. Deepak Chopra, he has a good quote. I just looked it out because I can remember the whole thing, but it says, if you focus on success, you'll have stress. But if you pursue excellence, success will be guaranteed. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, too. I absolutely love that. And, and it's almost like now, uh, instead of it being about the product, it's almost like what we're, what you're doing is, is you're, I guess if we're going to use the word selling, it's like you are, you are selling the journey. It's almost like a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Totally. Right. When I, when I see somebody on IG that is a content creator, they have something that like a, a training course mm -hmm. or something. I'm more concerned with who they are as a person, how it makes them feel like all of like the bells and whistles, but also like the edgier parts of them mm -hmm. that make them human. Yeah. It's almost like I'm, I'm ascribing more to the humanness in them. You know, mm -hmm. I think that's what you're, you're speaking to, which is like the whole process. Yeah. Like I love when I go online and I see somebody that, you know, one day they're going through the motions of feeling what success feels like. And in another moment, they're having like a really difficult day, but they are fully embodying that difficulty and that challenge. And you're seeing them work through it. Yeah. And you fall in love with just them as a person because you can relate to that. Like your humanness can relate to that. Totally. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I can't even speak from per, like personal people that I'm like, so enthralled with their story and like where they're at now. And it's like, mm -hmm. I've never even met this person, but I'm so attached to their journey. Yeah. And I yeah. need to know what's going to happen next. Yeah. That's cool. It's like you're developing a relationship with them, um, whether or not they're aware of it or not, be through just regular human emotions. Mm -hmm. and, and I think and that's, it's really powerful. Yeah. I think the foundation for any like business sales is like that no like and trust factor. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. what like, social media gives you the opportunity to do that like twice as fast mm -hmm. just by creating. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you, what would you say? Um, and IG seems to be one of the moderating forces when it comes to uh, monetizing their business. Mm -hmm. And um, at least from our experience, like you're having to deal with algorithms, you're having to pretty much create like a, a some sort of curriculum when it comes to posting content. Yeah. Like, what advice could you give to people that maybe use IG or, you know, even Twitter or any form of like larger, you know, social mm -hmm. media platform in order to start, like grow their business? Yeah. Do it when no one's watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do it when no one's watching, because I, I like to think of that as like ripping off the bandaid. Mm -hmm. If you're just starting out, like I was just starting out. Yeah. I look back and I'm like, thank God, not thousands and thousands of people saw me because that was cringeworthy, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, but I wouldn't have been able to get to where I'm at now and where I'm more in my power, more confident, more mm -hmm. bold, right? More brave. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have gotten to this point if I didn't just start, right? With nobody mm -hmm. watching and enjoy. It's like, enjoy the space between where you are and where you want to go, right? right. Um, so like that time where you don't have, you're, you're maybe dealing with, the algorithm, which I think everyone is <laughs> over the Instagram algorithm at this point. I got shadow banned. <laughs> it's so frustrating. I told, yeah, you're, you're just kind of like, I'm doing everything right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but I think that you have to have this level of like resiliency with it of mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm not doing it for the people that aren't watching, right? right. I'm doing it for the people who are, mm -hmm. and I'm going to continue to show up for those people because sooner or later that's going to grow and I'm going to mm -hmm develop that relationship, right? Mm -hmm. It's like that mm -hmm. quality audience versus quantity. And the quality mm -hmm. is so much more important. Yeah. 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 I remember it was, uh, it was, it was a Gary Vee type of day only because I'm really inspired by him <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's one of those pioneers. He actually says that when people are posting content or posts on IG, the first thing that he goes to is the comments. 
mm-hmm. right? The way that he understands the audience, whoever it is that he's looking at, is he reads all of the comments because those are the people that give life to whatever project that happens to be. And that's the one, I mean, I didn't look at the comments, you know, when I'm looking at other people that do the same thing, you're looking at just the content that they have, totally what they're pushing Mm -hmm. out. But it totally makes sense when you're like reading the comments and you see how they respond to whatever it is that you're, you're posting. That's like one of the biggest things I tell every single one of my clients to do is market research. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's live market research, like them actually getting on a call and asking their potential or even not a potential prospect, but just someone that they're connecting with, asking them those juicy questions, right? Yeah. Yeah. To identify like what their pains and pleasure points are and why, if they have a problem that they solve. And like, that's a beautiful and powerful form of market research of like, what is the market responding to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are they struggling with? What mm-hmm. do they resonate with? What do they not resonate with? Mm-hmm. So I think that's really like, what, what Gary is speaking to is like, it doesn't matter the content. He, he wants to know the people, right. the mm-hmm. people that's consuming it. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and I wanted to kind of bring it back to even just your own spiritual journey, mm-hmm. um, because it seems like you're very passionate about doing this type of work. And what is it about um, helping people in this way that you love? Mm. I think the most beautiful part about what it is that I do is just having people really, really step into their power. Mm. And honestly, it's, uh, yes, I'll help them get results in in their business, but seeing them build this like belief in themselves and it's, you know, business, life and relationships, they are all directly aligned. Mm. So it's like when they go through my, my course, my program, they're not just learning how to build a business. Like they're learning how to win at life Right. because yeah. I mean, yeah, manifesting, um, spirituality, mindset, like reprogramming business, like all those things are what will help you lead a successful life, but more importantly, fall in love with your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a Joe Dispenza fall in love with your life. Yeah. Mind movie type thing. Love Joe Dispenza. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm I love big. that. And, and it's, it, it, it's, I think that's why it's so important to have a sort of spiritual underpinning behind this because they, they can apply it to their business, but they're receiving so much more than that. The skills that they can use just in their interpersonal relationships with other people. Oh, so much. You know, and it's almost like taking that, that, that different door that we were talking about at the beginning, which is like you're almost teaching them how to love themselves. And then a byproduct of that is naturally them tapping into their creativity. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Beautifully said. Yeah. And you know what's so cool about that too is that the people that are coming to you, most of them probably have no experience in that in that area. And you tell them to meditate, they're like, well, how do I do that? You know, and we know because we all do these things, everybody in our community does, and we know how impactful that was on our own life experiences and yeah. how much it changed us, right? Yeah. And to be kind of like the... Um, that that bridge for someone else is amazing, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, so yeah, being like- That has to be the catalyst. best part, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. there's, there's a stigma behind, you know, um, involving money with spirituality. Mm-hmm. And somebody needs to have that conversation. I yeah. agree. You know, and, and to be able to do it and, you know, of course you gotta do it in a careful and a very mindful way because you're mm-hmm. not even just showing them how to make money, you're, you're changing their relationship to mm-hmm. money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their oh, relationship yeah. to how they even go about you know, business in general. And we need more people that are like that, Yeah, you know? And right. it's almost like in school, like when, you, when you're older, it's, 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 I've always thought it was just a 
crazy thing to me that in school we didn't have a whole lot of curriculum involved in teaching us how to love other humans. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. No, not at all. I I was actually just having a conversation with someone about that. How, like, why are we not taught to meditate in high school or like even younger than that? I know other countries, you know, do, but yeah, it's very interesting. And I think it should be mandated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like if it's mandated though, no one will actually want to try it, but it's crazy. You can go 12 years in, you know, elementary school and high school and not take one class just, you know, offered by the government on, you know, relationships, romantic relationships, what it means to love yourself. It kind of just shows you that antiquated way of, you know, that is obviously, I think, for the most part now kind of dying away. Yeah. Um, people are losing trust in this whole idea of just like, you know, uh, conquering and, 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 and gaining success off of oppression or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like people are turning more towards, uh, you know, the human condition yeah. and what comes most natural, I think to most humans is love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? love and yeah. connection. Yeah, right. that's yeah. powerful. Yeah. That's love a good and, one. Love and connection. <laughs> love and connection. Yeah. Uh, and that's a journey. I mean, that's not an easy thing. But it, you know, the thing is, if they started really early, maybe Montessori schools get this right. But if Montessori started, schools do, yeah. If we they started do. much earlier, then you imagine how much more evolved we would be when it comes to approaching just our relationships with other people. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. crazy. You know, I always found it always like interesting is that like when in high school, they don't want you to display public. They don't want you to exhibit any public displays of affection. Mm-hmm. Yet somehow, you know, school dances are okay. Yeah. It's so confusing it's when you're a kid. Yeah. You know, it's going to be really confusing for kids, like little kids right now that are having play dates with their friends, like, yeah. um, you know, with their mask on and whatever. And their moms are like, don't hug each other. Oh no, you're too I close. Know. You know, like yeah. that. Imagine how these kids, like these little tiny kids are, are growing up with that, like fear of, of um, social, social contact, yeah. Yeah, you know, interaction, interaction. It's, and then we think we kind of touched on that with the, the social dilemma a little yeah. while ago oh, yeah. with the, yeah. they're at odds with a lot of different things i mean social media you can do a lot of really amazing things with mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. right but it's it's so sort of integrated into the human experience now where we're, we're creating an entirely new generation of children yeah, yeah. and it's hard to say whether or not it's good or bad i but, agree you know it's going to be an interesting thing to tap yeah. into yeah and i mean even even as us as adults too like social yeah. media it can be a powerful tool or it can absolutely consume you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you get sucked into comparisonitis mm-hmm. and imposter syndrome and, you know, questioning your um, own beauty and worth mm-hmm. and all of those things. Because and you do those, do those things consciously and subconsciously. Totally. You're, yeah. I took a, a break from social media and just like disconnected from everything for a year mm-hmm. and it really improve my happiness. So whenever we started this, and I'm not someone that is like envious of other people or insecure or any of those things, but um, subconsciously it was doing damage to the way that I felt about myself, which was weird. So whenever we started this podcast and I had to get back on social media, like I have noticed that I have changed because now I'm like exposed to that content again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's real. That shit's real. But but I feel like now you, you approach it in a more mindful way. Like you're aware of, I'm aware of rabbit holes you can Mm -hmm. go down. Oh, for sure. I try to regulate, regulate my time on social media and like just for personal, you know, if I'm looking at stuff and I just started muting 
things, you know, if people were negative or talking shit or making fun of other people or whatever, I'm like, mute, mute, mute. And now I think blocking your ass. No, it's not where you're not blocking them. So they don't see that. Like you unfollowed them or blocking (laughs) them. You just don't see their shit ever again. Yeah, And so it's kind of like a, a nice way of like, Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, you know, and, you and that's Tuesday. important. And uh, like I tell my clients, if there's somebody who triggers you and yeah. you compare yourself to them, or they just um, don't support your vision or th- whatever, you know, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't need that. You don't need that. Yeah. What are some self-limiting beliefs that you? Because you, I imagine you deal with a lot of different clients that are trying to build their businesses. What is a common self-limiting beliefs that you hear from them that mm-hmm. they sort of have to overcome? Um, when it comes to building a business. So I'll, I'll kind of go through the, like the main distortions that, that I would see. And it's like fear of being seen. Mm-hmm. Definitely the fear of what other people think, mm-hmm. fear of rejection, um, fear of shining too bright, mm. if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. they, like a lot of people fear that if they shine too bright, then they'll dim someone else's Oh, I see. Um, so yeah, I guess that's like fear of the spotlight almost. It's like a people pleasing mm-hmm. type of behavior. Yeah. Totally. And someone who has a naturally like vibrant personality, maybe at, when they were younger, they were taught to like make themselves small or like, mm-hmm. you know, don't take away, you know, oh, it's your sister's birthday party or right. you know, something yeah. like that. Um, and that brought over into their adulthood. Yeah. yeah what do you think sense. causes somebody to not like to fear being seen? Oh, I think it's, it all goes back to like your, your inner child, just your inner child. Yeah. So you're doing a lot of like inner child healing too. A lot of, um, I I don't necessarily call it inner child healing. Um, but I, I call it reprogramming of your mind or shifting your paradigm, which is really, I mean, they, they're hand in hand, like, because I, I personally feel like your inner child, like she's not going anywhere here. She's not going anywhere. Right. Like that, those, um, shadows in a sense, if you want to call them, like mm-hmm. that's with you, that's a part of your story. And instead yeah. of neglecting it or yeah. like trying to, um, rid yourself of that, like I, I like to compartmentalize them mm-hmm. and be like, you know, my, my inner child, my ego, my fear, like those things are rolling with me for life yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I just yeah. got to embrace them with love. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are these certain limitations that we have that we can break through and we can overcome so that we live this limitless life that mm-hmm. you can be, do and have anything that you want in this lifetime. Mm, I love that. Absolutely. And there's a part of me that feels like creativity um, is, is something that children do naturally, right? Mm-hmm. Just human beings never lose that sense of creativity. Yeah. So it almost feels like it would make sense and worthwhile to tap into that sort of childlike energy within, especially when you're trying to manifest something like a business. Yeah. Because children, they, they have this ruthlessness to them, this mm-hmm. honesty to them. Like they don't give a fuck. Yeah. No. And, and it, it, it would make sense to go through that process of healing your inner child because I feel like the inner child is, is going to help you get there. Oh, so much. You know? So much. I mean, you think about the power of the imagination. Right. And we've never been taught how to like really utilize our imagination to its full potential. And, you know, what my coach had taught me, which totally blew my mind. It's like, what everything you see in this world, it was once imagined. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you can imagine it, you can achieve it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where your, your inner child really is so powerful in this world of entrepreneurship, because it's like, whatever you imagine in there, whatever is like the first thing that is like intuitive for you, right? Yeah. You can do that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think about like cancel culture, right? Do you have clients that are like really terrified of putting themselves out there to be a victim of this like cancel culture? You know, I I don't think that's necessarily come up in that, those words, but for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're afraid of um, like triggering other people in a sense to the point that they, um, they wouldn't, their brand or who they are wouldn't be validated, I guess, by the market. Yeah. Um, And I think that all goes back to like a self-worth thing, you know, and and being okay with the polarity. Yeah. You're not for everyone and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Like people forget how many people are in this world. Totally. Seven, eight billion people. So when somebody leaves a bad comment or gives you negative feedback, it's so easy to just feel like, oh, this is this is what they're responding to. I must be this way. Exactly. Right. And that, I imagine just discourages you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a hard thing to bounce back from. But I think having that broader perspective of like, there's a lot of fucking people in the world yeah. and there are going to be people that appreciate that edginess, that appreciate that you push the envelope in that way. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be some people that don't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know? and, and that's like finding your soulmate clients. Like you're right. doing it for the people who, are in dying need of what you have. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's, I think this really beautiful balance between like asking the market, like, Hey, like, what do you need? And what can I do for you? What can I provide for you? And um, you know, what, what's your pain and pleasure points that I can, or your pain points that I can bring pleasure to, right? The problems that I can solve for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also has this level of like not giving a a fuck what other people think because you're in alignment with your truth. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. There's a ton of podcasts, but it doesn't mean we're not going to do a podcast. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You You change, you touch one person, you, you change one person, you change the whole universe. Mm -hmm. It's like we talked about in the last podcast. It's like, you don't know how this whole thing is going to play out for that person. No. Even though it's one person, you could have, you know, one client, two clients, but the amount of people that that one client is going to impact in their entire life, mm-hmm. like they're going to take with them for the, throughout their, their entire life. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. this beautiful ripple effect. Yeah. yeah. So what would you say, and, and, um, and I think this kind of question came up in one of our last podcasts, Jen, which is, um, there's this old sort of antiquated narrative. And then I think this is when people think of people that are wealthy, mm-hmm. especially in the spiritual community, there's sort of like a negative underpinning behind that. It's oh, like, yeah. well, they must be egocentric maniacs mm-hmm. to like to fuck people over right. in order to get to where they're at. Or fake or shady or, or something. Yeah, yeah. Fake or shady. So, um, what would you say to people that think that that's the, sort of the route to take, or what is that a, a result of having to go that route? So I think there's two things. Um, one of them is that that is a part of your conditioning your your programming, mm-hmm. right? You were taught at some, at some time in your life during your childhood that pe- people with money are bad. Um, you know, the rich get rich, the poor get poor, or mm-hmm. people with money are judged or, you know, whatever those mm-hmm. own, your own, um, financial blueprint as, um, yeah. T Harv Ecker. It's a b- incredible life-changing book around um, money mindset, um, mm. secrets of the millionaire mind. And, you know, he calls it a, a money blueprint or financial blueprint, it's essentially your beliefs around money. Yeah. And so it's kind of figuring out where that stemmed from. Right. Mm-hmm. But then the other part of it is like, and how I'm really looking at this is I'm building wealth so that I can do good with it mm-hmm. because, how our world currently is, maybe there's people right there who are not doing good with it. Right. And because there's no lack, right? It's this like, oh, um, always circulating, always reproducing, 
man-made system that we have access to. And it should be the spiritual experience to make money so that you can do good with it. Right. I love that. I love that. I do love that. That's really cool. Okay. So our last question, if you had one thing to leave with our audience, what would that be? It would be that you are beyond worthy and deserving of having it all. Anything that you want in this lifetime, you can have, you have to find it with your, your worth within and know Mm -hmm. that you are so worthy and enough exactly as you are right now. Be brave enough Mm -hmm. to go after your dreams and don't ever let anything stop you. That's beautiful. I'm going to add a little something to that too. Yeah, go ahead. That only you do what you do the way that you do it. Yeah. So even if other people are doing it, only you do you. So that's it. And only you can prevent forest fires. Yes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You got to pull in that wisdom for a little Smokey the Bear. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) No more, no more, um, uh, fire popper, baby gender reveal shit. Yeah. Stop catching our, our forest on fire. Yeah. We need the forest. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to add on to this with a quote by Marian Williamson. She says that our fear is not that we're inadequate. Mm -hmm. Our fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It's not our darkness that most frightens us. It's our light. It's our light. I think that this speaks to what you're saying about people that are afraid of being seen because Mm -hmm. if they were to be seen, that requires an entirely different level of accountability because then they would be in the driver's seat of their life. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy to think that there are a lot of people that are afraid to embody that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 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 it, it's a different sort of narrative to have because for the longest time, you know, it, it was always about that fear of not being enough, but it's just about a fear of being fucking extravagant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so yeah. true. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the truth. Like we, as humans, we haven't even reached like our actual potential no. um, because it's limitless. Yeah. And um, that's kind of the, I think, my ultimate mission is to like remember mm-hmm. or to remind people rather of their limitless potential and yeah. where they really came from. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah, absolutely. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a really quick segment. Now that we have her here, she's a very special guest. I wanted to get her, get in on this little segment that we have called hashtag roulette, Jen. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. All right. So if anybody's, uh, you guys probably heard about it from a couple episodes back. We do this with our very special guests and this is just a, interesting way that we can kind of pick their brain, but also just wax poetic on some really fun things. So the, this is where we go on Instagram and we uh, pull up a hashtag that's commonly used by people on IG and we read off some of the fun quotes and wisdom that we can pull from that. Yeah. And just uh, use it as a moment of reflection. You never know. Really you know? So if you find a quote, if you have one, you go ahead and read it off and then we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll see what we can channel from this experience. All right. Let's do this one. This is a little bit, (laughs) a little bit long, but I like this one. Okay. She loved quiet nights mostly, but the night she wanted to drink tequila, kiss girls with soft lips and a, and have a mysterious boy with a dark um, complexion, take her hand to roof, to a roof rather, um, and tell her interesting, interesting things about the stars. Atticus. Oh, it sounds like. A Libra sun and a Scorpio moon. Wrote that. <laughs> all of all of the above. Totally. 
<laughs> yeah, I like it. It's um, it's fierce. It's soft. It's mysterious. It has um, all the duality. Yeah, and yeah. I'm a strong believer that there is no such thing as categories or yeah. um, stereotypes. It's like you can be whatever the hell you want to be. Yeah. You can be yeah. weak. You can be strong. You can be vulnerable. You can have boundaries. You can you know be wealthy and be uh, like kind of going back to what we were saying, right? We can be wealthy and do good with it. Right. Yeah. You can want to be a tiger. Can I be yeah, a tiger? Be fierce. Be, be, be a fierce tiger. That's one thing that I really appreciate about that sort of divine feminine movement, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like, you're not trying to embody this sort of like overly girly type of archetype. She's a wild fucking woman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's got that Kali energy. Where it's like she she can love you the hardest, but you know she always she also has this like wild type of energy to yeah. her that's really unpredictable. Yeah, and you totally. can respect that. The and, feminine is wild, and and that's yeah. where the masculine really comes into play as like the the space holder for her, you yeah. know, to do her thing, to be wild, yeah. and uh, know no limits to how extravagant and outrageous she can be, he or she, because I mean, masculine and feminine is really in everyone. Yeah. everything i love yeah. those quotes where it's like it's almost like a guy's uh, writing a letter about <laughs> a woman that he met maybe like in passing or maybe spent like a small period of time with and he rem remembers her in this very yeah. romantic way mm -hmm. i like that too yeah want to go jen yeah i have two well i have two one's short and the other one's a little bit longer but i like them both so i'm gonna read them both all right okay so it. the first one is you can be in a relationship for two years and feel nothing and you can be in a relationship for two months and feel everything Time is not a measure of quality, infatuation, or of love. I love that. Which I think is really true. You know, mm, like you've seen, you've seen, I've seen couples that, you know, went on two dates, hooked up on the first date, got married on the second date, and we're together 30 years after that. Yeah. So, you know. And I, I think it goes to like, there, there's no rules on there's how no to rules. do this. Yeah. Like lo love is a, uh, is a force. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. true. And like, I've seen people stay together for 20 years that hate each other. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. That's one thing we got to give credit to at least the elderly, elders for. They grew up in a different time, but a lot of my aunts and uncles, it's like they met in high school. They've been together for 50 plus years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somehow it works. Yeah. yeah. And still dance together at, at parties yeah. and look at each other all cute and go on dates. And yeah. Still oh, getting trashed. She's still, you know, like standing on his feet while he dances. Yeah. Adorable. I love it. You know, like, I don't want to be one of those couples. That speaks to my Libra son, Jen. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. I think I've, I've written a poem that sounded something relative to that. Yeah. You know. Romantic little, uh, <laughs> little baby. I love it. Yeah. Well, the Gemini moon, I think, balances that out. Yeah. You know. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So here's the second one. You better realize she's worth it before she realizes you're not. That's oh, so funny. Yeah. I was going to choose that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I was really? like, I like that one. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's deep. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah. She, I actually had this conversation with, um, my, my significant other of like, the more I realize my worth, mm -hmm. the more I, my expectations of my partner yeah. raise. Absolutely. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's like you, you, you always just want to embody like your most authentic self, you mm -hmm. know, and, 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 and that will naturally, you know, allow that person to stay or, or spend that time investing in you, Yeah, mm -hmm. you know? That's a yeah. good one though. Don't take your partner for granted. Yeah. You know? yeah. If you have somebody special, let them know they're special. 
Yeah. Let them know you care. Yeah. Don't be a, an asshole. Buy a donut bouquet from Donut Princess in Santa Monica, California. Donut Princess? Yeah, have you ever gotten a donut what bouquet? What is this voodoo magic? No. Yeah, is so. it nearby? I might have to go. 24 <laughs> 7 drive through. You got to pre order it. I, I, the only reason I know about it is because I've given a donut bouquet to, you know, uh, a special lady, a, a significant special other lady. back in the day. And you get a lot of miles out of that. Yeah. You know, well, it's a good one. <laughs> women like flowers, but you've never, if you've ever seen a donut bouquet, they, they, they basically she get did. like, they put these little sticks with donuts at the end of them and they look really, but you can pull it up there on a Google search oh, yeah. Yeah. and then you could, you know, enjoy a couple donuts. You, you remember a guy like that. Oh right? yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, look at yeah, that. Look That's at that. beautiful. Isn't that pretty. Yeah. Hey, what would you do if you got something like that, Jen? Oh man. Get diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What's the cost you pay for love? I know. Yeah. You know? Worth it. <laughs> it yeah. looks delicious. All right. So let me, let me actually, I got a couple here. It's not as maybe as eloquent, but hey, you know what? This was just a random thing. It says, first I'm going to be fucked up about it. Then I ain't going to give a fuck about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's still going through the, the grieving process. Yeah. Probably. Like she's still healing from this whole thing. She's in the anger phase. Yeah, the anger yeah. phase, like that whole bargaining. Yeah, anger. denial, anger, bargaining, yeah. depression, acceptance. I think that's yeah. what it is. And she's like using affirmations in order to get her through. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then eventually, you know, she's, she's being optimistic about it, but just in a different way. Yeah, she'll get there. Yeah, you know she'll I mean? get there. For sure. Yeah. And then lean into it. Yeah, lean into it. Feel it. You gotta feel it to heal it kind of vibe, yeah, right? That's right. This that's one's right. a little bit more optimistic. This was from Love Quotes for Bay, which we should have said the IG screen names, but it's okay. It says, be with someone who gives you butterflies, makes you smile, and makes you feel horny every single day. Ooh, oh, okay. You know? Yeah. I'm about it. Throw a little sex angle in there. I yeah, like that. You got yeah. it. I like that. You, that's that edginess that we're talking about. I mean, you know? like a relationship won't work without it. So that's true. It you know. won't. You want to be with somebody that activates that side of you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You yeah. know, and I feel like now, um, I mean, we, we talked to, I think, uh, a guest right before you that studied Tantra. Mm -hmm. And it's just about changing this narrative that we have and how we how we relate to sex yeah. and how mm -hmm. we relate to attraction. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stigma behind it for such a long period of time. But now I feel like we're getting to a place where it's like, it's totally okay. It's more open. Yeah. There, yeah. And, and it's... Um, there's more people empowering you to explore that. Right. Um, and I think the real magic is starting to be discovered in that power of sexual energy. Yeah. That's a huge thing of what I, what I teach to yeah. my yeah. clients. Oh yeah. Oh. yeah. I mean, sexual energy and sales, mm -hmm. put them together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's powerful. Sure. Cause it's like a creative force, right? Mm -hmm. Cause yeah. I mean, if you're looking at sacral chakra, that's creative energy. It, yeah. Creative mm -hmm. creativity, money. It, it, yeah. It, that's literally so much magic. <laughs> you're like, Hey, do you want to make lots of money? And they're like, okay, how do you do that? You just got to masturbate all, yeah. all the time. <laughs> and that's a real thing. Or, or orga orgasmic manifesting. <clears throat> OM. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a thing. Ooh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have to look that? that shit up. Yeah, yeah you'll have you'll you'll have to um, YouTube. There's a couple yeah. people, and, okay. and I, I definitely um, explore it with my with my clients in one of my amplifier programs um, because it is powerful. Wow! <laughs> All right, I'm gonna have to bookmark that one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we love you. We love what you're doing, thank and you. thank you for providing your light work to all these people and bringing them to a new age spiritual community, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so thank you for everything that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So for our listeners, if you want to find Sarah, you can find her at Instagram. Um, and her handle is Sarah 
Rose, S-A-R-A-H, underscore D. So Forward slash. <laughs> forward slash, yeah. yeah. And then um, on Facebook, she's at um, The Embodied Coach. Yes. So um, is there any other way our listeners can reach you? Um, that's perfect. Those, Either way? Yeah, those two. Um, yeah, Sarah Rose underscore D and The Embodied Coach Masterclass. It's, uh, or I'm sorry, The Embodied Coach Facebook group. It's for um, really heart-led entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, um, healers. Yeah. yeah, learn how to be a coach. Learn yeah. how to manifest through orgasms. Mm-hmm. She's got all kinds of tricks <laughs> up her sleeve. Yeah, all that stuff. She's you coming at you. Like a class, right? A master class. Yes. Do you have that going on right now? Is yeah, there like signups I'm for that? Great. Yeah, um, enrollment is open for my January master class. Mm-hmm. So if you are a coach or consultant or anyone in a service-based industry, um, and you're ready to learn how to build this aligned and profitable coaching business. Um, then you can go to, I would go to Instagram. There is an enrollment page that you can click on and apply for a phone call with me to make sure that it is a soulmate fit. Wonderful. I love it. Yeah. Thank you again for it. spending time with us. Yes. It was yeah. really, really a pleasure Such having a you pleasure. in here. Yeah. Like you're me. welcome anytime whenever you're down here. Thank you. Yeah. I yeah. loved it here. And we don't have to, we, we can talk about other things. Yeah. You're a friend and of the show now. Yeah. Yay. You're a friend of the show. And we do have a segment where, where we invite other friends of the show to come on. So it'd be nice if you're down in the area, just give us a call. I'd love that. You know, we didn't just, hear about van life either. And I wanted to ask you about that. So next time. So much, so much to tell. Yeah. yeah. Van life. Van life. I know. She's our second right. guest that She's had a van life and we didn't, we didn't get to it. It's never enough time. I know, shit. It's just so complex, you know? <laughs> we got we to gotta start somewhere, Jen. That's right. That's yeah. right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, if you're listening and you'd like to listen to it once again, you can actually go on YouTube, like, and subscribe, do all the things. You can also find uh, more information on the podcast at our website, www.divine-nobodies.com. And uh, just like the wonderful lady at the beginning of the intro said, you can also find us on IG. So go ahead and follow us. Stay up to date on all the most recent episodes. And till till then, we'll we'll see you again soon. Namaste, friends. Namaste.